today on Recruiting Hell. Let's jump to 2020. You're out of a job right now, or maybe you need a better one. One of the two. Uh, a lot of this is like a wilderness survival situation. And again, I'm no Bear grills. I'm not, you know, able to be dropped into Mount Everest and, and, you know, live to tell the tale with, you know, a pocket knife and a Snickers bar. But if you take the analogy of a wilderness survival situation when you're out of work or looking for new work, you have to take stock of what you have and what you can do to help yourself get to where you want to be. Hello, and welcome to Recruiting Hell. If you're here from our teaser episode zero, I appreciate you returning for a second listen. And if you're new to the show, welcome and thanks for tuning in. I hope you find a lot of value here to aid in your job search. I'm your host, Rob Conan. Let's jump into it real quick here. A little bit of background, a little bit of setup for this show. What is Recruiting Hell? That's a term that I've come to use to describe to people the incredible frustration of modern day 2020 job searching. It's definitely not a term I invented, and we'll get to that in just a second as to where that came from here in a couple of our quick shout outs. That first shout out does go to the great folks over at reddit.com's r slash recruiting hell subreddit for providing me not only the inspiration to start the show, but also actually the term and the title of recruiting hell. Really appreciate it. I was actually surprised that this wasn't taken uh, in this case. But that is a great community over there for a laugh, especially even if sometimes that laugh is a bit more of a, a painful chuckle uh, because some of the things that they post from some employers are just bizarrely out of touch with reality as to what employers are looking for nowadays. But we will touch on that in the future episodes as well. Second shout out today is to Purple Planet Music for our theme called Manhunt, which I thought pretty appropriate music to open recruiting hell with. But maybe if we change the title to Job Hunt, that might fit a little bit better. And then lastly, the, the, the shout-out goes to you for tuning into this show. This is my first time as a content creator, and you might actually be my first listener, which is kind of neat. But with my background in content curation, sales, marketing, and some hiring, uh, it all gave me the, the building blocks I needed to kind of figure this whole podcast thing out. So I'm very thankful that you kind of tuned into my little experiment here. My whole goal is to bring you the best show that I can and I want to do something more with this show every time I create a new episode. For example, in this one, faded out the music. Didn't know how to do that in my audio program here. I looked it up, implemented it, and I thought it went pretty well. So we'll see what happens in future episodes down the road. But back to why we're here. I wanted to take this podcast idea kind of to the next level for job searching. This is kind of my, I'm going to take my uh, ball and go home and start my own game thing for the job hunt world and for doing something with my life. I'm not just here to rant about stupid or draconian hiring practices. And of course, as I said just a few moments ago, we'll definitely touch on those from time to time, get a couple laughs and, and maybe see how to navigate some of those positions. But this show exists to help folks better to learn how to dodge things in the job marketing world of things like overpromising recruiters, BS job requirements, and of course, over-demanding experience requests. You know, eight years of experience with a software platform that's only been around for five. Always love those. But yes, this show exists 
again, to help you find meaning for your life and provide you some entertainment in a time where it might be really hard to find some joy and some help. And I really hope to do that in three main ways. Uh, the number one way is I want to keep you sane. I'm here to entertain. I'm here to inform. And I'm here to see if there's a way that I can help make the world a little bit brighter, not only during this is being recorded during a COVID-19 outbreak here. And, you know, not only during this kind of crummy time in our country of America, but also give you that entertainment uh, that is so sought after here in 2020 because the world is kind of in a tough place. So number one thing is to entertain and keep you sane. Number two, I want to show you the pitfalls. I want to show you mistakes that I've made and talk about better ways to use opportunities based on the mistakes that I've made in past job applications, interviews, hiring discussions, negotiations, things like that. As a, a wise person once told me, learn from the mistakes of others. You never have time in your life to make them all so you can learn from them yourself. And then lastly, I want to bring you resources to help level up your job searching skills so you can find something that you want to do and that gives your life some meaning. That being said, Let's jump into today's topic. So you're out of a job in 2020. Whether it's from the coronavirus, whether it's from a downsizing and outsourcing, a mismatch of company fit. I love that line always. In this case, there's a lot of ways to be out of work in 2020. Last I saw from, I want to say it was Washington Post, uh, that they said that it's possible that one in five Americans in the workforce right now, May 2020, uh, one in five Americans is out of work. That sucks. That's just awful. Trying to uh, to push that forward here and trying to find a job at this time, especially with the COVID-19 epidemic going on, uh, can be a real challenge for some folks. So there may be stages for yourself to surviving that. So today's topic is the way things used to be and kind of finding yourself jobless in 2020. We'll find out what happens when you're out of a job or you need a better job and kind of how to take stock of what's going on. So part one here um, is the way things used to be. And this is going to be a walk down memory lane, but I want to keep it quick here. I'm not part of the, the older generation of America. I'm part of the younger generation. And the way that things used to be in America, and I, the way I heard my, my parents and their friends and, and other Generation X and baby boomer aged acquaintances talk about the way things were in America uh, is almost always dreamlike. And sure enough, you've probably heard a lot about this from your uh, older friends and relatives as well. Remember back in the 1950s and 60s, in a post-World War II economic boom, America was the manufacturing powerhouse of the world because it didn't have its infrastructure destroyed during one of the most devastating wars of all time. Hence, America was on the rise and great jobs were to be had making machinery, being a skilled laborer, all things along those lines. And you've heard that before. But we're just setting the scene here for how things have uh, have changed. You know, you could raise a family on one salary a year from a metal stamping plant. You could buy a car for $4,000. A home was $18,000. But if you flash forward to today, you're looking at things that are 10, 10 to 20 times that price when real wages have stagnated over the past 30 to 40 years, which is just incredible. A lot of times, you know, we look at this 50-year year gap from, you know, say 1970 to 2020, somewhere in there, as we can go back to that. We can't. We just can't. And even for myself, I'm out of touch 
from the last five years of job seeking. Now, thankfully, got back into the the job seeking game and got back up in touch. But as recently as a year ago, I was really out of touch with the job application process, if you will. Uh, Back in 2014, a little bit of my background, I worked for a company, basically an insurance company, and I got hired there. It was a great job. Absolutely adored what I did there for five straight years to the day. And at the end of that five years, they eventually said, hey, you know, Rob, we we don't have a position for you. Uh, We're going to send you on your merry way. We really hope you make the best of it out in the world. and, And we just really like you, but we just, we have nothing for you. And that was a little bit of a shock, number one. But number two, uh, it put me out back into the job market that I hadn't been in for five years. And in the time that that changed, the amount of online application had just exploded. It was unbelievable to see how everything had digitized and gone on to the big three recruiting websites, you know, uh, Monster, LinkedIn, and uh, Indeed, and made things really impersonal. But that's uh, that's what we have gotten to the point of here because of technology. It's made it very impersonal. So getting myself back onto the job train uh, after that five years of, of great work work environment was really actually quite difficult and learning the new ropes. And here that's you know kind of where I'm going to let you folks know about you know some of the tips and tricks and things that I had to relearn when it came to job hunting. So we've got the scene set here as to the way things used to be. They used to be pretty darn easy and, and able to sustain a lot on American manufacturing post-World War II, but now we're in a service economy. Now we're in something where we have a lot of folks vying for jobs that maybe don't don't pay a ton or they don't let you buy a house and a car on a uh, salary from just uh, doing some factory work in this case. So let's jump to 2020 you're out of a job right now, or maybe you need a better one, one of the two. Uh, a lot of this is like a wilderness survival situation. And again, I'm no Bear grills. I'm not, you know, able to be dropped into Mount Everest and, and, you know, live to tell the tale with, you know, a pocket knife and a Snickers bar. But if you take the analogy of a wilderness survival situation when you're out of work or looking for new work, you have to take stock of what you have and what you can do to help yourself get to where you want to be. Now, if you're out of a job, that's a little bit more difficult than if you're looking to upgrade your job or get out of a bad job that you have. In your current job, you may have things like how many hours are you working a week? Well, I'm working 32 hours a week or I'm working 45 hours a week. You have your wages. I'm making 17.25 an hour. I'm making 2.25 an hour because I'm a server and I live off my tips kind of benefits are out there. What are all the tools? And it may actually benefit you uh, to write those down. And then also look at what's really killing you and why you're looking for that new position. Comparing things like healthcare benefits to having to deal with your front desk lady who is always singing or whatever it might be, giving you you sort of jokey examples here, but there may be something that is really bothering you. Uh, Maybe you have a manager who is exceptionally demanding or somebody who is harassing you at work. And, you know, taking stock of what you have currently can also help you find what you're looking for in a new position. When it comes to not having a job or having lost your job, due to whatever factor, you can also have some tools that you might not be aware of at your disposal. 
Are there benefits out there from your state or from your government that can help you bridge the gap to getting work? Things like unemployment, things like state-run medical care. Here in Wisconsin, where I'm from, we have something called Badger Care, which is is great. I don't qualify, but at the same time, uh, it's something that may help you and your family when it comes to making ends meet, whether that's unemployment benefits. And again, you know, asking for help from local organizations, charities, is is not a sign of weakness. Asking for help is often a sign of strength. So take an inventory of what you have. Take an inventory of what you can do and what the resources are that you can make do with. For example, again, I'm making this podcast. I don't expect to make a penny from it, but it's giving me something to do every day that I'm going to continue to work on better myself and say to somebody when I'm in my next interview, Hey, I have a, I have a podcast with 7,000 listeners. Like, oh, well, that must mean you know how to how to run a podcast or something along those lines. We've got to make sure that we take stock of all the tools that we have to continue to improve our financial and employment situation. The number one of those, uh, after dusting off everything uh, that you have, you know, kind of lying around you from uh, resources and things like that, is making sure that you're safe. Are you in a good place when it comes to your loss of employment. And sometimes that can be just devastating. Story time for a moment. A long time ago, when I was a much younger man, I was 25. It was about eight for, no, 12 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. I used to work for a major league baseball team and I managed their retail stores. And it was a, it was a crazy job. I was working for 11 bucks an hour uh, nearly a hundred hours a week, and then you might say, "Rob, you not, you weren't working a hundred hours a week." Unfortunately, I was. Uh, some of those home stands for the baseball team would have me in the store at eight a.m. Uh, and not leave it even for a meal until two a.m. the following day. So that literally was an eighteen-hour day. And then, of course, when you have an eleven-game home stand. That's a lot of hours. It really was. Uh, my wife would often just leave me a dinner on the stove when I got home. I'd take a nap for about four or five hours, get back in my car and drive back to the stadium, which was just uh, absolutely abysmal. But I was fired from that job. I was fired from that job because as a young man, I bit off more than I could chew. And I said, I can do this. Well, you know what? I'm not Superman. And I couldn't I couldn't hack the job. And I look back at that today and I go, ugh. That was just a mistake on my part. It was an ambitious mistake, but it was something that really just, I was too young and dumb to know that I couldn't do it, which was kind of funny. So immediately, you know, I got walked out of the stadium and they said, goodbye, you're fired. And man, that hit hard. That hit really hard. And I'm sure those of you out there who have been fired for reasons that aren't misbehavior, I'm sure that that has just hurt. I know for, for my part, I was, you know, working my butt off. And again, I just didn't have the experience or the capability or the skill set to succeed at the job. Uh, it was a game I couldn't win. And it felt really terrible to have them say, we don't want you anymore. And getting up and dusting yourself off from that particular situation can be really difficult. Finding worth again after that is is a challenge. 
Uh, so I came home. I, I called my I called my father on my my way home and said, "Dad, I just got fired." And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, what happened?" So I explained everything. And I said to myself, you know, I was freshly married at the time here. I said, oh, my God, I am three months into a marriage here, and I don't have a job anymore. <laughs> Which, a side note, I picked the right person that I married because uh, she was just she took it in stride. But it also led to the best piece of advice that I've ever received uh, from somebody when I was fired or unemployed. Um, I was let go on a Friday afternoon uh, at about 2 o'clock. And I waited until she got home at about five o'clock that evening, and I said, "Hun, we got a really, uh, really crummy thing happen to us here. The stadium fired me, and I was just, you know, I was young and and I was pretty emotional about it and things like that." And she said, "You know, I am so sorry this happened to you. A number one, picking a great great spouse, which is good, and she was very consolatory and things like that. And then she took me aside and she said to me, she said, listen." You have the weekend to mope. On Monday, I don't ever want to hear anything negative about this again. Talk about a kick in the backside. She said, hey, again, the weekend to mope. And she gives, I'm giving you 72 hours to be as sad and as unhappy and as mad about this as you can be. But come Monday, Monday morning when you get up, I don't want to hear another bad word about it. And it was really one of the most poignant things that's ever been said to me in my life. And I want to say it to you right now. Maybe you just lost your job. Maybe you've been out of work for an extended period of time. You have the weekend to mope. You have a small amount of time to mope and be sad and down about this. But you need to pick yourself a deadline, whether it's Monday, whether it's, you know, t today is a Wednesday, for example, whether it's this Friday or if it's tonight, pick a time to be done being upset about what has happened to you. And I'm not trying to tell you to, oh, get over it or things like that, but you have to move yourself on mentally from what is now lost. So that's number one. That's the first part of keeping your safe, yourself safe is realizing that, yeah, somebody discarded you, and that happens in life. And moving on from that and not letting that define you is the most important thing for getting back on the employment horse that I know about. The second most important thing, and this is one that I really struggle with, is physical care. A sales manager of mine once said to me, he said, you can't do sales if you're not willing to be fit for the job. And I said, I said, what does that mean? And he goes, you can't do this sort of lifestyle of sales, which is what finding a career is as you're selling yourself, if you're not willing to be a good-looking product, if you're not willing to be a product that is something that is wantable. For example, I personally struggle with my weight, struggle with my weight a lot. Uh, and if I'm not willing to go for a walk with my wife or you know do some squats in the basement or whatever it might be, I need to make myself look like a product that people want when I go for an interview or if I meet somebody at a, a volunteer event or whatever it might be. You need to be willing to put in the work on yourself as well to make sure that you stay healthy. And it's, it's tough, especially with all of the ease of 
things like video games and Netflix and all of these things that you can do to be, oh, you know, I just spent two hours looking for jobs. I'm going to crash on the couch. Like, yeah, you can do that after you go for a walk. So the physical care is is also incredibly important for that as well. So making sure you're safe, again, first thing is realizing that, yes, they have uh, gotten uh, gotten rid of you, and that's okay. Taking care of yourself physically, making sure that you stay active in some way, shape, or form. And lastly, the mental care. And this is one that for a variety of people, depending on your socioeconomic status, might be a little bit difficult. And I'm not advocating that you spend money that you don't have or anything like that or that cutting back is a bad thing. But mental care is so important when it comes to making sure that you have enough to keep you happy. You can't cut everything out. You lose your job. You just you can't cut everything out. You will go crazy. That doesn't mean you can't downsize. It doesn't mean you can't cut back. But if you go and you cut out, let's pretend for a second you have a, a couple subscriptions to streaming services, things like that. If you cut out your Netflix, your HBO, your Hulu, your uh, Spotify, your World of Warcraft subscription, all of these things, if you axe all of those, you're going to go nuts because there's going to be nothing for you to do except wander around the house or apartment and wonder what you're going to do. You're, it's going to be a, a downhill spiral, if you will. So I would always advocate cutting back, but don't cut off completely. Find some ways to get a lot of entertainment for not a lot of money. Uh, for example, for myself, I'm a longtime <laughs> player of video games. It just so happened that the classic version of World of Warcraft came out during... Uh, one of my last unemployed spats, and it it has been a tremendous amount of entertainment for me for a tremendously small amount of money. So find something like that that gives you a ton of joy, that makes you feel happy, but don't solely rely on it. You know, you can't just sit there and play WoW 18 hours a day and expect to be happy. I've tried, believe me. Uh, but finding ways to get a lot of entertainment for not a lot of money. Maybe you grab a couple plants from a garden center and you tend those uh, or plant a, a box or something along those lines. Maybe home improvement projects are the answer. But again, cutting back, but not cutting off. If you look at my particular ways, you know, I had an Audible subscription. Definitely canceled that. You know, I don't need any more audiobooks because I got real books lying around the house. The other thing about mental care is spending time with those who matter. And this is something that's kind of a two-pronged thing here. Number one, your family. There are people in your life, and again, COVID-19 makes this a little bit difficult at the time of this recording. There are people in your life who really care about you. And there might only be one of them. There might be hundreds of them. It doesn't matter how many you have. Spend time with the people who matter. Spend time with the people who love you, the people who care about you. It'll help make you happier. It'll help get you some great interaction rather than just hiding in your room and playing video games. But also, you're also going to look for don't isolate socially. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more later. Go see people. Go do things. And again, COVID-19 is a thing right now. Social distancing is a good idea. But isolating yourself socially, whether that is you know, physically going somewhere with somebody versus, you know, having a Zoom chat or whatever it might be. See people do things, go places. That is something that is 
so tremendously important, and it actually ties back to the physical care earlier. There's a lot of states with a lot of great parks, a lot of great green spaces uh, that you can go and walk or run or jog or sit or whatever it might be. Go out, do those things, of course, in accordance with any local uh, isolation things for COVID right now. But, you know, again, make sure that you're not ducking behind a tree or under a rock or whatever it might be when it comes to seeing other people. It'll keep you happier. So there's a little checklist I wanted to give you here after talking about all of that self-care in this case. And the first thing in the checklist is, is if you've lost a job, the first thing you want to find out is how long can you last with zero help? And that might be a really tough number to crunch, whether it's mathematically difficult or whether it's emotionally difficult. You know, oh my gosh, I've only got a week's worth of money. You know, that that could be a real jarring thing. And for 50 or so percent of Americans, that is the reality. But finding out how long you can last and setting up things like emergency funds and making sure that you have the ability to continue to live in the way that you live for a period of time uh, is very important. Obviously, if you are out of work, that is a little bit tough to do in this case, but that leads into our next one. Is unemployment available? Are there benefits out there for you to use to get by? And we're going to have probably a whole couple of episodes on unemployment, you know, how to apply, what to look for, what are you talking about? We might maybe we'll even do a VOD on it. I don't know. But uh, unemployment is can be a lifesaver for a lot of people. So is unemployment available? Find out about that. Ask questions. Ask your your state, ask your local uh, officials, whatever, you know, find out who you need to talk to to get benefits. The third thing on this checklist is how are your past references? Reach out to those people. In any job search, you should be letting your references know that, yes, I am going to use you as a reference and check that that's okay with them. Like, hey, Bill, we work together over at uh, ABC Company. You're my boss and I would really appreciate, you know, we had a great, seemed like we had a great rapport with each other could i use you as a reference i've actually never really run into anybody who's ever said no uh you can't use me as a reference which is great uh your mileage may vary on that but uh you know again how are your past references make a list of about five of them that you can hand out to folks and again make sure that they're ready to be a reference it's super important at the same time number uh item number four on this list uh is fire up your network and we hear this from LinkedIn and other social media sites all the time. Network, network, network. They're half right. Some networking is very good. Some networking is incredibly useful. Hanging out on LinkedIn and clicking like on everybody's photos and things like that all day, probably not the best kind of network. But if there are events around town, that you can go to, whether they're, uh, you know, concert, you know, free concerts in the park or whatever it may be. You know, for example, I know we have a concert series uh, where I live that I can go there. Maybe I will see somebody I know. Uh, fire up your network. Call people uh, that you know in other companies in your neck of the woods. You know, let them know. You know, hey, you know, Jim, you're my uh, you're my tennis partner, or or my uh, we we see each other at the pub or whatever it might be. Is your company hiring? Get people talking about helping you find a new position. 
And again, we'll go into this in much deeper deeper detail in future episodes about networking, and that might actually be one of the few uh, the future episodes that I bring an expert in on uh, to interview a little bit and ask them, you know, how do you network? What's the biggest thing? And then lastly, number five is find a hobby, a new skill, or volunteer. And at least for me, a new hobby has been podcasting. I have a number of hobbies, which is absolutely great. But this podcast thing uh, has given me a lot of energy for the other things. I'm actually even feeling, you know, we're 30 minutes into this. I'm feeling fabulous about this. I almost didn't want to record this episode today. I said, no, you got to do it. You got to do it because it'll make you feel so much better. It's almost like mental exercise. But find a new hobby, find a new skill, or, or volunteer at a worthy charity or organization in your community. Remember, hobbies don't have to be expensive. I have some expensive hobbies like uh, Warhammer. <laughs> That's a very expensive hobby. But, for example, my wife has a hobby where she takes acrylic paints and she paints rocks. And they maybe have catchy little phrases on them or they look like uh, mobile home trailers and things like that. They're very cute. And it's something that she does on a fairly regular basis and she fills our gardens with them. So, again, hobbies don't have to be expensive. Uh, that particular hobby of hers, I think, uh, involves us going and picking rocks on the lakeshore and then me bringing them home uh, in my pants pockets and having to tighten my belt along the entire walk back because uh, <laughs> she usually has about five or ten pounds of rocks somehow. should really bring a bag. Uh, but then it's a like a $9 acrylic paint set from Walmart that she uses to paint these, and they look fantastic. Again, hobbies don't have to be expensive. And again, go out and volunteer if you can. That's a great way to build a network. All right, so reviewing that checklist, again, number one, how long can you last with zero help? Number two, is there an unemployment or a benefit set available for your situation? Number three, check with your past references. How are they? Check in with them to make sure they can be used. Number four, fire up your network. Get talking to people about getting you a job. And number five, find something that brings you joy, a hobby, a new skill, volunteering, whatever it might be. All right, shifting gears here for a few moments. This is something that comes from my, my background in sales. Of course, uh, sales is a skill, just like many uh, many other things. You know, I, would say, I would say podcasting is probably a skill too. And if you're going to stick with me for the, for the long haul here, I'm sure at some point in time, I will go back and listen to this episode and say, man, we really, uh, we've really grown from there. And I hope you'll be along for the ride to do that too. But any skill needs practice, and job hunting is a skill, uh, again, just like sales. There's a concept called the wheel of momentum that I've uh, usually heard attributed to sales. And it has to do with doing something every day that enhances your employment or selling, if you will, prospects, whether it's big or small. So if you think about this, the wheel of momentum, uh, if you've ever seen a uh, large flywheel, uh, whether it's on a motor or it's on uh, some other piece of industrial equipment, flywheels help keep momentum to keep things turning, basically, as that's at least what, <laughs> what I've been told they do. Uh, but basically, if you give this giant wheel that is your job search or your sales pipeline or whatever it might be, a tiny push every day, it might only move, you know, an inch. But if you keep giving it that inch push every day, you not only get the, the wheel to go a full revolution after a time, but if you start doing those pushes a little bit more rapidly, you start to actually not have to push as hard 
because the momentum continues to carry day after day, week after week of all the little things in, that you've done piling up to help drive that forward. For example, with this podcast, the Wheel of Momentum started with me yesterday. I recorded the trailer episode. I uh, got us onto Spreaker and Spotify and all these other platforms and things like that. And I said to myself today, I don't want to record episode one just yet. I'm not ready for it. But I made myself do it. And again, as I said just a moment ago, it feels really good. And this is the next kind of push. And tomorrow I'm going to do something else that makes this continue to push forward. I might just record uh, next week's episode, maybe the week after that. Uh, then we're going to do something else on Saturday and on Sunday and then back on Monday. And then we'll release episode two and you'll listen to it and it'll be great. But do something every day that enhances your employment prospects, big or small. Maybe it's just reaching out to somebody on a website like LinkedIn. Somebody you know who has a great job and saying, hey, Bill, I'm wondering if your company's hiring. Something that simple. Two sentences. That's it. So, in closing, wrap this up here because, hey, we're going to go on for 35 minutes, which is fantastic. We're definitely not done talking about the topic of job search and unemployment and self-care and how it all you know revolves around you. Uh, this is something, again, I plan to re revisit in some coming episodes along with a few new features and production values that are added each time. If you have questions, if you have comments, if you have feedback, or if you have stories to share with us here on our website, recruiting-hell.com, uh, you can drop me a line at therecruitinghellpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at, at recruiting underscore hell, recruiting underscore hell. Again, I'm Rob Conlon, and until we meet again, Keep moving forward with your self-betterment and your job hunt. This is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace.